Welcome back to another episode of Rare, aka Ricky and Ashley's Rolling Entertainment. I'm Ashley, and today we're going to talk about using your deductive skills. A lot of games can have some form of deduction, and we're going to go over a few that let you work out the what's, why's, how many's, and whodunits in the game. Enough of the details, let's roll the dice and get this episode started. Welcome back! Howdy, y'all! <laughs> so, episode three. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about deduction games. Deduction. Uh, so, deduction games are those that require players to form conclusions based on available premises. Um, these games are quite varied, including several different types of logical reasoning. So, lots of different kinds of deduction games. Variations yeah. of what kind of deduction they use. You, you got your cat and mouse, where somebody's chasing somebody else. You got your elimination, where you gotta kind of narrow down your choices. You got signaling, where you got, like people like winking at each other in the background <laughs> we got wink. induction where you derive a general rule out of near infinite possibilities and your social deduction games where you're trying to figure out who's what yeah deduction deduction <laughs> so much to do so little time um top six deduction games according to board game geek oh man let's see how we do this time <laughs> this went real great last time uh first one is battlestar galactica the board game nope <laughs> same here uh and then we've got code names yep yeah i've played finally we got one yeah i know i've played uh a couple of versions of code names yeah. Um, and then we have Alchemists. Nope. Uh, yeah, I've I haven't heard of that one. Um, Dead of Winter. Yeah. That's a game I've played. It. It's a chunky game. Beefy, yeah. chunky. Um, Decrypto. Yes. I like that one a lot. It's a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah. And then Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Woo. Alright, I think we're what, four out of six that time? Yeah. I mean, I've heard of at least three of the six. Well, to be fair, the three of the six that I've heard of, I've played. And then I've heard of one more that I haven't played. So, pretty solid, that ranking. We did it. I mean, 50% isn't quite passing, but it's better than zero. But we're we're getting better. <laughs> it's, it's, we're we're getting there. Slowly as much as but we surely. like worker placements, mm -hmm. apparently we didn't play as many as we thought we did. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun to find out. Did I to be fair, worker placements tend to be more 
people that you know kind of games where deduction games are typically like party games so you can play with anybody yeah there's they're pretty easy to kind of pick up for the most part i would say um now just to clarify for all you folks at home bluffing and deduction usually go hand in hand but this time we're only talking about deduction we tried to keep bluffing games out of it we'll do a Mm -hmm. whole bluffing episode another time yeah because there's there's a lot of there's deduction games that i would say are only deduction because of bluffing so that's why we kind of wanted to separate them for that reason because there are strictly deduction games where you don't have to lie. Yeah. Which is good for me because I'm terrible at lying. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, but a deduction game that uh, I'm pretty sure pretty much everybody has heard of, everybody has played, is Clue. Yeah. So, obviously in Clue, you are gathering clues to find out who killed Mr. Body? What? It, you're doing that by... Shoot, it's been a hot minute since I've played Clue. Do you talk to other players to get clues? Yeah, so <laughs> when you go into a room with somebody, you can ask them a question. Okay, right, right, right. And they, they have to show you something, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Clue, it's kind of a base deduction game that everybody's played so if you like the like deductive aspect of clue you'll probably like a lot of these games yes if you're into puzzly kind of things well do you want to go first today ricky or should i i'll go you go you know speaking of clue (laughs) you know what's similar to clue 13 clues. Oh, that has clue in the title. Better than one. <laughs> so, 13 clues. It's two to six players, roughly 30 minutes. Uh, publisher is DV Giochi. I never know how to pronounce them. So, you know, that, that's a thing. Uh, designer is Andreas J. Boyku. All right. That's not right, but I'm sticking with it. (laughs) All right. So 13 clues. Uh, You have your persons, your places, and your weapons, just like you would in uh, the regular game clue. But in this one, everybody's got a little, like, shield that you have in front of you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You shuffle up the different stacks and give everybody one from each thing and then you shuffle them all together and then you give everybody two more cards so everybody ends up with five cards in front of them uh you pick out a person a place and thing from your five cards and that you put those in front of the shield to the person next to you so everybody will have three cards on the to them backside but it's facing everybody else and then your other two cards you put on the inside so what you're trying to guess is the three cards that are on the outside of your shield that everybody can look at. So you can see everybody's three cards, but you can't see your own. Oh. And you can only see the cards 
from everybody else and the two cards that are inside your shield. Gotcha. But nobody else knows what those two cards are. So basically, once you... So you get a little notepad, and there's so many colors. I think there's ten colors, and then there's three categories. Um, and depending on how many people are playing, you might have to take out some of those colors at the mm -hmm. beginning. Mm -hmm. But basically, once you check off everything that you see in front of you, you're left with 13 options, which is where the 13 clues comes in. And out of those 13 options, you have to figure out your person, your place, and your thing. That's in that's on the back side of your sleeve. Gotcha. And so what you do is you get little magnifying glasses. You can give a magnifying glass to a person and be like, Hey, Joe Schmo, how many pink cards do you see? And they'll say four. Okay, so I see three. That must mean one of my cards is pink. So then you would mark that as a possible card in front of you. Okay. But they, what, when they give you an answer, they're going off of every, all the cards that they see. So it could be one of theirs. Like it could be one of the two hidden behind their shield. Gotcha. Okay. So, but you can uh, ask for clues. You can. There's if there's depending on how many people there might be some random cards in the middle that are face down. You can mm -hmm. use a magnifying glass to see uh, one of the hidden secret cards. Mm -hmm. So something could be hidden there to give mm -hmm. you an idea of what might be in front of you. Or you can use a magnifying glass to say, hey, I think I know what I got. You put it down, you take your guess. If you're right, you win. If you're wrong, you just keep playing. But with you being wrong, you could give somebody a clue as to what might be in front of them. So, that's 13 clues. Okay, yeah, that that seems, uh, that's, that's really interesting that you have cards in front of you that you can't see, but then you have cards that only you can see, and mm -hmm. that seems, it that doesn't seem too hard. I think I've seen the, the box for it before, but I've never, yeah. I've never played that one. It's, it's pretty interesting, because... You, like, you could only ask questions based off of the suites, which is the colors, and you can only ask questions based off of, like, categories. So there's, like, for the um, places, there's inside and outside. For the people, there's male, female. For the weapon, it I think it's, like, ranged or melee. So okay. you can only ask questions based off of those things. Oh, okay. I've gotcha. Yeah. That one seems fun. Yeah, and it's it's very along the lines of of clue. It's just like kind of it's one of those elimination things. Mm -hmm. You're eliminating possibilities until you get down to the ones you think you have. Yeah. So good game. Yeah. Uh one of the games that I picked out was Chronicles of Crime. Uh I like this one a lot. It's uh one to four players. Uh it takes about 60 minutes maybe more to play it um the publisher is lucky duck games and the designer lucky duck. yeah lucky duck designer is david i'm gonna butcher this cicerel butcher it <laughs> cicerel sounds it seems right um chronicles of crime it's uh it's a co-op game. That's why it's one to four. I would say you could play it with more people. 
but the more people you get involved, it kind of muddies the waters a bit, I would say. Um, but the game works is, um, you know, you, you have the base game and then you actually need to download an app on your phone. And then all the cards in the game have QR codes on them. And to play the game, you scan the QR codes. So, like, hmm. there's a deck of people that are numbered. There's a deck of items that are numbered. There's a deck of locations that are lettered. Um, and the game has a scenario laid out for you. The, the app does come with a lot of scenarios, and then you can purchase more scenarios if you want, you know, additional scenarios. Um, but you pick a scenario, and it'll tell you kind of what to set up to start with. And then, like, oh, somebody's been murdered, and it'll say this person, 22, has been murdered. You need to go talk to person 13, and and as you go talk to people, you can get more clues, you can visit more places, and then, and time is progressing as you're going through, so it takes time to go to a location, it takes time talking to a person, and then there's a couple of sections where you use your phone to look at a crime scene, and that's where you can get clues then too, um, and then you can use those clues to then talk to people and be like, hey, I saw this, you know, flower. Do you know anything about who gave, you know, the dead person flowers sort of thing? Um, mm. So it's it's a very... You're, you're solving a crime or murder. Um, and, it's, and it is an app-driven game, but I would say it works really, really well. In this scenario. Um, and the game also comes with. Well you can get two expansions. One is a noir expansion. Which is Ooh. as it sounds. It's noir themed. It's um, very. You know 50's. Hollywood-esque. Uh, me and Jason. Tried to do one of those scenarios. We weren't doing too hot on it. <laughs> but. Um, that's why I said you can play with more than for people because it's just you kind of passing around a, a phone and scanning things but it comes down to everybody kind of has to agree who you're going to talk to you can't really split off yeah um so i would say you can play with more but you know the more people you play with the longer it kind of gets um and the game also has another expansion called Welcome to Redview, which if you've ever played the Kids on Bikes RPG, it's kind of that same scenario where it's kids and teens that are getting into trouble into town and like stumbling on mysteries. We haven't done that one yet, but um, it looks it looks really cool. It's more of a, I think, a 70s or 80s kind of theme, but you're playing as like a kid or a teen. Um, and what's really nice is those, they made the base game ready for those expansions. So those expansions actually fit in the same box as the base game, which is really, really nice. Yeah, so we. I like it when companies are already thinking ahead. Yeah. 
it makes it really nice. Yeah, they were already, you know, well, we're going to come out with these expansions, so let's make the box ready for it. And if you're, you know, looking for a crime-solving game that is a co-op and there's not, you know, you just need a phone or, like, a tablet or something that can read QR codes and you're good to go. You can play it by yourself. You can play it with your family, with your friends. Um I I really really enjoy it. It's one of my favorite games. Sounds cool. <laughs> I like it. It's a good one. Um so I think the next one is probably the least mystery feeling kind of deduction game, but it is still considered a deduction game. Yeah. And it's called Lord of the Rings: The Confrontation. Ooh. Yeah. Lord it's of the Rings. It's two player only. Okay. Uh plays about 30 minutes. Publisher is Fantasy Flight Games. Designer is Reiner Nizia, mm-hmm. Eric M. Lang. So Lang's always pretty cool. <laughs> and Christian T- Christian T. Peterson. Huh? So it is Lord of the Rings themed if you like that kind of stuff. So With most Lord of the Rings things, there's one person that's playing for the Fellowship and one person that's playing the evil dark army of Sauron. (laughs) So what kind of makes a deduction is uh, you have like little characters that are on like these little rectangle thingies. Mm -hmm. And on one side, it's got their picture. On the other side, it's just a symbol. Like, so when you have it set up, You can see what your characters are and where they're at, but the person across from you can't see anything, and vice versa. Like, you can't see what their- where their people are. Oh, I got you. So they're, like, on, like, little standees, and, like, the other player can only see the one side, and you can see the other side, and... Kind of. Like, you all- you both have your own pieces. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like... That way they know, uh, like, where your pieces are, but they don't know who... Yeah, so um, so the fellowship starts in the Shire, and the the army starts in Mount Doom and stuff like. And basically, for the fellowship to win, they're trying to get Frodo into Mount Doom because he's got the ring. Okay. And for um, Sauron's side to win, they basically just have to take out. Frodo or pretty much just like wipe out the entire party okay um so you actually start off with uh cards and then like you can move one person at a time and when it comes to um fighting you can put down like power cards or you got like three like special ability cards Mm-hmm. And so one special ability is for the fellowship, like, um, if you play that card, the Sauron team has to play their card first before you can decide which power card to play. Because usually you play simultaneously. Okay. So that card just lets them pick first, so then you can plan accordingly after that. Uh, another card that kind of lets you like just reshuffle your discard pile back into your hand, mm-hmm. um, and then like the characters also have special abilities. Like um, 
Mary can take out the Witch King if they end up fighting. Or, um, uh, I think if Gandalf fights the Belrog, he wins. And then there's a couple of them where if, you know, this person fights this person, this person automatically wins. Yeah. So it's very thematic. Yeah. So when that's kind of where the deduction comes from, because you're trying to figure out who's where so you can plan your characters accordingly. Yeah. Basically, like once you fight somebody, what like if they end up surviving, they kind of get flipped around because you already know like where they're at. Okay. So you can kind of just figure out by process of elimination like who else is still on the board mm-hmm. and where they might be at so you can use that to your advantage. Okay. So uh, it's a neat little game. It's like I said, it's two players, so it's it's a good like one-on-one strategy game. Mm-hmm. And the theme is is pretty great, especially if you're a big fan of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So. I, I that seems pretty pretty clever. I like that. Yeah. So many good games. <laughs> I know. Deduction's where it's at. It really is. Um, the next game I have is The Legend of the Cherry Tree that blossoms every ten years. That's a mouthful. <sighs> <laughs> it's uh, two to four players, about 20 minutes. It's a pretty quick game. Publisher is Aiello. Designer is Hinata Origuchi, I think. And then I am going to mention the artist because the team does have really pretty art. Um, the artist is Tohad. Um, so the game is... It's something. <laughs> it's, it's not a game... I really like, I tried it once, I think I was learning it wrong, it was a little bit stressful, so um, I was like, I'll, I'll give it another shot, I'll see how it goes. I played it with Jason, about halfway through the gameplay, Jason was like, so can we set fire to this game now? And uh, so he also doesn't like it, so sorry if you actually like this game. Um, and we did only play it with two players, to be fair, but basically the point of the game is that there's this cherry tree that blossoms every 10 years, and you are collecting the blossoms that are falling off the tree. But if you're being too greedy, the tree doesn't like that, and so it basically punishes you. Um, like, and which... like the happening. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. Um, but I will say it does, the game comes with a, a bag to put the petals in and the bag is really pretty. That's why I wanted to mention the artist is the bag is gorgeous. The little, you have little like player boards that kind of, um, hide your flower petals that you can get behind your board. And those are really pretty too. I will say the bag has a really weird texture though. It's like a weird plasticky sort of rubber I don't know what they used for it um but it's really pretty (laughs) yeah I some gameplay has disappointed me but as far as artwork yellow 
has always really nice looking yeah um and then the flower pieces like the petal pieces those are actually they're really nice like firm plastic like they're really nice um the gameplay is you're pulling the petals out of the bag if you pull one of every color you fail if you pull more than two of one color you fail if you pull if you somehow pull more than eight out you fail because you get you have to pull three times so you can kind of you know as you're pulling you can kind of feel how many you're pulling but if you somehow accidentally pull out eight you're no good Hmm. um and then there are black petals that are wild but they can negatively impact you so there are six colors including black so there's a red, a yellow, a white, a light blue, a dark blue, and a black. And I will say the dark blue and the black look super similar. Also a disappointment. Should have used a different color. <laughs> mm. Hate it when colors are similar in games. Drives me bananas. Um, and the black can be another color. So if, for example, you pulled two white petals and a pink petal and a black petal the black petal will be a negative influence so the black would become white and so you would fail pulling Hmm. and 90 percent of the time me and jason failed our pullings that sounds frustrating it and we did only play a two-player, but all we did to change it for a two-player, because a lot of games have you change something for a two-player aspect, just because, you know, the number of players. And all we did was pull a couple of petals out of the bag so that there were less petals overall. So I would have to say that that didn't... I wouldn't think that that would negatively impact the game, because I know sometimes two-player games, you know, games that scale down to two players don't kind of work out for two players but in this instance i don't think that that was the bad part about the game it was just either that or we just had like really bad luck in polling or i don't know what but jason definitely won in a landslide because he somehow had more pedals behind his board which is where you get points and you only put stuff back there if you succeeded in your polls and like i said we failed 90% of the time in pulling pedals out so did not enjoy that game (laughs) yeah I feel like when games have a lot of chance in them Mm -hmm. as far as like pulling something out of a bag or dice or a combination of pulling dice and out of a bag Mm -hmm. yeah like you either have really good games or you have really bad games or sometimes you have like okay games like yeah. but sometimes it just feels like the whole game is just bad luck yeah and the game is deductive because you're trying to kind of estimate what color your opponent is putting behind their little shield because you can mm-hmm. see when they when they pull the flowers it's public and then when if they succeed they decide what colors they're putting behind their screen so as you're seeing them pull different colors you're kind of you know using deductive reasoning on like what 
scoring method they're going for because there's points for getting warm colors, which is the red and yellow, and then there's points for getting the cool colors, which is the light blue and the dark blue. Color so, theory, y'all. Yeah. Um, so if I noticed Jason, which I was not focused on Jason at all. <laughs> so, um, you were too busy loathing the game. Yes, I was. But um, I was trying to pay attention to Jason, and he was. I thought he was pulling a lot of the of the blues, but it turned out he had actually been pulling a lot of the reds. So I wasn't actually paying attention to him. So, um, hmm. but you're kind of you know if your opponent is going for more of the warm colors, maybe you want to go for more of the warm colors. So then that way, you can get the warm color points and that they won't you know sort of thing Mm -hmm. um i might give it another shot but second time was not the charm i will say maybe try it with more than two people just to see if it does make a difference yeah and that would be that would be a fair assessment so i'll give it another fair shot by playing it with there you go three people if you don't like a game (laughs) just keep trying (laughs) But, uh, and that was the legend of the cherry tree that blossoms every 10 years. And it'll take you 10 years just to get through the title. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next game. Um, let's see. Let's go with one of my favorite deduction games, Mysterium. Mysterium. It's such a good game. Mysterium. It is two to seven. It's very specific. It's 42 minutes. They didn't even round up to 45. They're just yeah, like 42. 42. That, or it was a typo. <laughs> Publisher is, um, Labelled. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. It's super fancy. Oh, and okay. Yeah. Lebe- is it Labelled? I how think it looks. so. It, it does look like it's Labelled. Uh, the designer is Alexander Nevskiv, Nevskis, okay. Okay. and Oleg Sidnorinko. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Mysterium is cool and beautiful, and if you've never played it, look into it, because the artwork is amazing it it really is you get gorgeous cards that just are pieces of art really and and if you've ever played dixit which is made by the same people a lot of the cards are very like they're similarly set up and i could say that if you wanted to you could almost substitute the decks for each other oh yeah absolutely as as long as you keep the decks all like the backs all one thing you mm-hmm. could totally swap out decks if you got bored of playing the same ones over and over yeah again. um anyway gameplay so basically in that game somebody has died and you play a psychic and you are having a seance trying to connect with the the ghost and trying to figure out how they died so you're trying to help lay the spirit to rest it is a co-op game 
basically one person plays the, the, the ghost and everybody else is working together to try to solve their pieces of the puzzle. So the ghost gets these really obscure but completely amazing and beautiful cards mm -hmm. that are called vision cards. And the ghost sits behind a shield and they are not allowed to talk at all. They can't, like, make grunts. They can't make faces. They're supposed to try to stay completely neutral so they don't give, like, any hints. It never happens. It never happens. <laughs> but you, tr you try. You try. Actually, Mike's actually pretty good at it. Like, he usually stays pretty poker face. Poker so. face. Yeah. Kudos to him. Yeah. I'm really bad. I usually, like... And sitting back there wiggling because people aren't guessing yeah. stuff right. I'm like, ah, I know. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so each person is assigned a person, a room, and a weapon. And the ghost is trying to get that person to guess all three things. And, like, say there's three psychics. So blue, red, and white. Blue has a person, a place, and a thing. Red has a person, place, and a thing. And white has a person, place, and a thing. And the the ghost only gets seven cards. And they use those cards. And they try to connect something that's on the card with a hint that'll help the psychic guess uh, whichever card they're on. Mm -hmm. You start off with the person. If you get it, you move on to the room. And if you get that one, you move up to the weapon. Mm-hmm. And there's a timer, so you get, I think, eight rounds to guess? I think so. Um, so as people are guessing, once everybody gets a guess, they, they have like a little crystal ball token. They set it down on the card they think it's right. Once everybody's done guessing, um, and you this is where the co-op comes in. Like, you can talk about the cards that the ghost mm -hmm. gives you. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to just look at it and try to figure it out on yourself. Like, you can sit it on the table and everybody have a big group discussion about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, if you're just really... Everybody else is already on the room and you're still stuck on trying to figure out your person, people can... Because you keep your cards from round to round. So, if you're still on your person, the card from the previous round is if you're still on the same, you know, grouping, you can still use that to be like, oh, maybe they were talking about this thing that's connected. Yeah. And it's it's nice because people, like, because the, the cards are so obscure, it's not like one thing on the card. It's a whole bunch of random things mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. normally you wouldn't think would go together. Yeah. And so, like, you might be stuck on, like, oh, well, all these cards are all blue. I really think it's this thing because this is kind of blue. Somebody mm -hmm. else might see it and be like, no, there's more food items in this. Maybe it's, like, the cook or something instead mm -hmm. of, you know, that guy wearing a blue uniform. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, people might see it and pull different things from the cards, which is really fun to discuss mm -hmm. or argue about, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. There tend to be arguments, even though it's co-op. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but once everybody makes a guess, you, like, ghost is blue the cook. And depending on how you decide to set up at the beginning of the game, either the ghost will knock once for yes, twice for no, they might nod or shake their head, or whatever you decide to use as yes or no. If it's yes, you move on. If it's no, you keep trying until you get it. 
basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to get everybody to guess their person, place, or thing. At the end of the game, the ghost will pick one set from those cards, and that will be the true culprit in the mm -hmm. location with the weapon. Mm -hmm. Then they will play three more cards. One will represent the person, one will represent the place, one will represent the weapon. And then it's up for everybody to decide which grouping it is. And uh -huh. if they get it right, the ghost is set to rest. If mm -hmm. not, then you just have to wait till next Halloween to have another seance to hopefully put that poor soul to rest. You can only play this game once a year. Sorry. Yep. That's all you get. <laughs> Unless you're a true spirit of Halloween where it's Halloween 24-7. 365 then you can play it whenever you want whenever you want but no mysterium is a it is a really good game it's a really fun game uh, it's a good it's a good party game and it still allows people to work together while having their own goals still so mm -hmm. it's a good game and there there is two ways to play you can play with clairvoyance tokens and you can play without clairvoyance tokens Basically, the clairvoyance tokens just kind of add another layer to the game, makes it mm -hmm. a little bit more difficult. So if you're playing it for the first time, I would say don't use those. Yeah. But uh, basically, with the clairvoyance tokens, it kind of adds like a voting system. You get three check marks and three X's. If you think somebody is right, you can put your check mark on there. If you think somebody's wrong, you can put your X. Mm -hmm. If they're right, you'll get points. If they're wrong and you guess that they were wrong you would get points but if your token doesn't match with the outcome then mm -hmm. you don't get points and basically the more points you get the more cards you get to see at the end so if you mm -hmm. only get so far you may only get to see one card mm -hmm. and then you have to make your guess and then everybody else gets to see more cards if they got further on the progression board mm -hmm. so it it does make it a little bit harder because if you're not using your tokens you're not going to see as many cards at the end so you might not be able to make the best guess mm -hmm. yeah. so it does make it quite a bit harder and yeah. there is difficulty levels to the game you can mm -hmm. play it on easy medium or hard and it does actually make a difference which oh, one you yeah. play it on especially it, for it the is. ghost yeah yeah the, i would say the ghost is the hardest role to play because mm -hmm. you you have the answer as the ghost and you're like wanting to bang your head on the table about why the players are not understanding your clues right. come on and, it's so obvious the they only get seven cards to choose from there you can yeah. there are crows that you can use to like change Reshuffle. your cards yeah and, like the difficulty depends on how many times you can do that so on easy you can do it as many times as you want um on medium you only get three crows so you only get three times to choose different cards mm -hmm. and on hard you get one crow for the entire game yeah that's kind and of what ugh. that can make a huge difference it for the really ghost. can't Cause sometimes as the ghost you're like well this card is perfect for this thing but they haven't it's good for like a weapon, but they haven't even made it to the rooms yet. Do I really want to hang on to it for that long? But it's yeah. like it's such a perfect card. And yeah, the more you play that... it with the same people, the more they associate certain things with certain things. Mm -hmm. So it's always fun to then change out the ghost. And then each ghost has different feelings for different cards, too. Yeah. So 
like for example i like to go with colors i i it's just easier for me to associate colors with colors so if one room has like a a big like blue hue to it uh-huh i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a bunch of cards that have blue on them mm. because to me i'm pointing like hey blue room blue cards go with yeah. blue oh. and people always pick out like objects i'm like no yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a I'm Don't a big go for individual uh, objects. I'm a big uh, objects picker outer kind of person, so <laughs> that's what I'm doing but, based off of. <laughs> but that that's where it gets interesting is like you you have to be able to read your ghost mm-hmm. and and decide like what kind of ghosts they are and what how their brain works, what their associations are. It's mm-hmm. just a good talking game. It's a good like cooperative game love mysterium uh my next game is called incognito um it's kind of an older game i think it's from like maybe the 80s early 90s actually it's been published quite a few times um it can run three to five players it runs about 90 minutes so it is it's a longer game um the publishers that i kind of recognized um were Ares and Devire and Aiello. But the. So it's, yeah, it's kind of gone a lot of places. It had a lot of different publishers, but those were three that I definitely recognized. And I have the one from, I think, Ares? Ares? I'm not really sure how to say it. Um, but the designers are Leo Colovini and Alex Randolph. Um, this game is actually really fun. We picked it up on a on a whim a few years ago because um, the art on it is really nice. It's um, kind of a it's a Venice game, Carnival of Spies in Venice. So um, so what it is is normally you will have a partner if you're paying pl- <laughs> if you're playing a three player game. One of the players will not have a partner. Um, so it is recommended to play with the four players. If you play with five players, you'll have the two teams of spies. And then one player is the ambassador, which is kind of doing their best to stop all the players from doing what they need to do. Okay. Um, the way that the game works is that you have a partner, but everybody is wearing a mask because a carnival's going on. Does it actually come with masks? The the little characters do actually have they have like little hats and little masks, um, and they're actually really cute. Um, and each so each player is a color, um, and each color has the same four sets of characters. You have a really short tiny one, you have a big fat one. You have a pretty average one, and then you have a tall, skinny one. So every player has four of those. And every player will have one of their four characters be their acting character. So you'll choose one of those to be your main person, and the other ones will kind of be um, decoys, basically. And you're moving all of them around the board. 
And what you're trying to do is you don't know who your partner is because everybody's wearing masks. So you're going up to people. When you meet somebody on the map, you're asking them questions. You're trying to figure out if they're your partner. If you do figure out they're your partner, you want to kind of give a secret signal. So that's the fun thing about the game is, yeah, you kind of actually have to give them a secret signal. And then from there, you have to determine what their secret message is because you have half of the message and they have the other half. And that's your mission. And so once you've figured it out, hopefully you have the right partner. Because if you don't have the right partner, you've kind of lost the game. Um, And what's really fun about it is the map is huge. And in order to move around the map, you actually shake this... um, this guy, he's called, um, oh, what is he called? The Phantom of Prophecy. And so you shake him, and he has little colored balls inside of him. And so when then when you set him down, he has three little slots that three balls will go into. And depending on the color of the ball is how you can move your character. Because you can, like, you can follow a blue path, which is on water, or an orange path, which is on land. And then you have a white path. And those are the colors of his balls. And so those are how you can move your characters around the board. Okay. And um, obviously it's deduction because you're trying to deduce who your partner is. That sounds fun. But it's, it's, it's a really fun game. I've really enjoyed playing it. I've played it with four players and then I've played it with five players. I haven't played it with three players, but four players, it's a blast five players it is a blast i i recommend it it's a chunky game but it's it's a lot of fun and it's once you figure it out it's pretty smooth sailing let's play it (laughs) it's it's so much fun i haven't played it in a while and i want to break it out again (laughs) i'm up for it all right uh, the next couple games are going to be Sherlock games because you can't Woo! have deduction without Sherlock. Of course just... not. It wouldn't be right. Oof. What are you even doing with your life if you're not <laughs> playing a Sherlock Holmes deduction game? Absolutely. Uh, so the first Sherlock game I'm going to talk about is Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which hey, is actually one of the one top, of the top six. ones. Look Ayo. at us. <laughs> Bonus points for talking about a top six. Woo, and you get ten points. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Sherlock Holmes (laughs) Consulting Detective is one to eight players, 60 Mm -hmm. to 120 minutes. Publisher is Asmodee. Designer is Suzanne Goldberg, Gary Grady, and Jerome Rupert. Rupert, but I think his name is French, so it's it had a bunch of accents on it. I don't do French, so his name is Jerome Rupert. Okay. <laughs> Though it's probably like Roper or something. There's no T. Okay, I gotcha. Whatever, French. <laughs> it's probably not even French. I don't know. There's just weird accents on it. That's all I can tell you. Anyway. Anyway. For Sherlock Holmes... It, it's got rules, but it kind of doesn't have rules. Oh? Like, the rules are pretty simple. It, it basically just solved the mystery. 
Like, okay. <laughs> so y- you you get cases, and the the main one has a lot of. It's got some regular cases, and then there's like Jack the Ripper cases. Uh huh. Which the the Jack the Ripper cases uh is kind of like a set, and you kind of want to play them in order, as because they're dated. And the other ones are kind of, you can play them in any order that you want, really. Okay, alright. Uh, so basically you'll get a book for whatever case you plan on doing. And you're going to want pencil and paper for this one, because you're going to want to take notes. Like, for sure. Unless you're really good at remembering, like, everything <laughs> that you hear. Which I'm not. Um, no. It's just, this game, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of discussion. Like, ah. that's why this game runs so long. It's because you're just talking everything out. It, it, It's cooperative. Um, so basically, you read the book. It will give you an intro. And it will kind of give you, like, a starting point. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's up to you to decide as a group where to go next, who to talk to, mm-hmm. uh, what clues to follow, what clues maybe might not be as important okay there's so many elements to this game so you have the book which has all like the dialogue in it Mm -hmm. and then you have a directory where you Mm -hmm. can look up names and it will tell you like where to go in the book if you want to go talk to a specific person or go to a specific place okay it's it's got like a phone book and it's got a map oh boy so it's kind of like one of those like what is it? Make your own adventure book sort of things? Kind of, yeah. Okay. And then there's also, like, newspaper articles. Ooh. So All the newspaper articles will sometimes have, like, clues on them that you mm-hmm. can follow. But, like, there's... The map's divided into different sections. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a north, south, east, and west. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, you know... The diagonals, so southeast, northeast, northwest, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So when you're looking for stuff in the book, uh, it might be like 36 north. So you, if something tells you to go to 36 north, you go to, in the book, you see if it, there's a 36 north in there. If it does, you read whatever it says. Mm-hmm. And it will either, it could be somebody uh, that you talk to and they're like, it could be a pretty lengthy section, mm-hmm. or it could just be like, uh, you don't really find anything. Mm-hmm. It could say, you know, a couple sentences. It could be like, you find a note. It mm-hmm. could be, you found a footprint. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And then it's up to you to decide where to go from there. And really, there is no ending. You kind of just stop whenever you feel like you've solved the solved case. It. Okay. And then at the end, there's a quest- questionnaire, and you try to answer the questions as best as you can, mm-hmm. and then it will give you, th- then it will give you the answers. Okay. And you see if you were right or wrong, but the the trick is, can you beat Sherlock Holmes? So Sherlock Holmes uses uh... so many leads. And your your main goal is to try to solve it with as using as few leads as possible. Oh boy. Yeah. And sometimes it's very easy to overthink because you just want to like get all the information you can. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the answers you probably already figured it out. 
mm-hmm. two leads ago, but mm-hmm. you're just so, like, involved in the game of wanting to know, like, what happens if you go to this place, what yeah. happens if you go to this place. It's easy to get sucked into the, the story yeah. that's happening around you. Yeah. Which, so what, which is kind of what I love about it. Yeah. What's the, the, like, the replayability on it if it's the case files? I would say, like, unless you just did, like, really bad, mm-hmm. I'd say you could play again. But I feel like mm-hmm. if you solved it the one time, mm-hmm. it's probably not super great to play again unless you go for a while without playing it and you kind of forget, forget things it. okay or you could maybe try to play it and figure out like which lead sherlock used and try to you know do it faster i guess okay. but since so. you already know the answers you kind of know where to get you mm-hmm. know the information from mm-hmm. but okay. there are a lot of cases in the game okay so it's not like there's just two or three. Like, oh, there's okay. a good chunk of them. And then you also have the Jack the Ripper cases, which I think there's, like, four, five, six cases for the Jack mm-hmm. the Ripper alone. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's a lot of cases in there, and then yeah. they also do have an expansion for it, which okay. has more cases. Oh, all right. So even if you can't really replay the same cases there mm-hmm. are plenty of other cases for you to play okay that's good yeah so that one seems that one seems really really heavy into the deduction which is fun yes yes really it nice. is 100 percent solve the mystery <laughs> <laughs> you can't get any more deduction than that okay i mean i kind of have one that's in a similar sort of vein um it's called dark stories or maybe you can pick it up called Black Stories. Um, either one is correct. Um, it can play 2 to 15 players. Uh, wow. It, it can be pretty quick. Uh, 20 minutes maybe. But sometimes it can maybe go on a little bit longer. Um, it's published by Z-Man Games. And the designer is Holger Bosch. I'm going to say. Okay. Um, but the way that this game works is it's a stack of cards. Each card has a mystery on it. Normally, it's somebody has died, but not all the time. Um, but so the way the game works is that the master will read the front of the card. And then the master reads the back of the card, which has the answer. And then everybody else has to ask the master questions about things that happened. But the master can only give yes or no answers. So you can't ask, was the man tall or short? The master can't answer that question. It has to be... Was the man tall? Yes. Or no. Sort of thing. And some of the cards are pretty short. And some of the cards are a bit lengthy. But give me a second here and I can read one. Okay, for example, this one's called Deadly Greed. Because a young girl wanted more and more, she died. (gasps) What did she want? 
Oh, no. And so then the other players, and that's why it's 2 to 15. Obviously, you need at least one other person to be asking the questions. But you can play with a pretty large group of people. So I could ask, like, is what she wanted a food item? And that would be no. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's that's pretty much all it is. And you can see why it is deductive is because you're asking questions. And as you ask questions, you can get some answers. But sometimes you can get more questions that you then have to go on from there. And there's at least, I think there's three four different versions of it so they have like just dark stories or black stories and then they have two and then i think the one is true crime and then i forget what the last one is so most of them are you know fake stories but then the true crime one is obviously true crime stories so that's it's really fun it's good for like car rides because i mean it is just basically a pack of cards um 20 so, questions yeah so it, it, it would be fun for like car rides or long trips or you know if you're waiting in line somewhere maybe take a couple pictures on your phone or something like that and then you have them on your phone ready to go for when you're waiting around yeah. somewhere or something but um i really enjoy it it's really fun to like pull out hey you guys want to play a really quick game and it's sort of quick it gets people intrigued i'm Uh, intrigued yeah it's and it's 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 a really simple game you're only answering questions what's really fun is when people start to forget what they've asked and they start like backtracking and it's like you you've already asked that and you already know the answer to that because it got you three questions in right (laughs) so and it is you know it's very easy to teach it's yeah. Jason's Jason's mom is um she likes games but she doesn't like complicated games. Mm-hmm. And so she really digs this one because it is it is so simple. It's you're you're answering questions, you're asking questions. And it gets you you thinking about cuz sometimes some of the answers are really obtuse and you're like, mm-hmm. "How did I even get here?" cuz it makes yeah no sense why this thing happens (laughs) it's like when you're on youtube and it gets to be like really late and next thing you know you're watching really weird videos how did i get here (laughs) yeah yeah it's kind of like that because as you ask more questions you get more answers it sends start sending you down this rabbit hole like well you said yes to this but no to that why and yeah it's it's i i really recommend picking up one of these if you're into kind of mysteries there's a true crime one if you're into true crime stuff i i recommend getting it it's awesome Mm. yes i like asking questions (laughs) i like the mysteries I do like, I do also like mysteries, but I do also just like asking a lot of questions. So. <laughs> All right. What you I got next? I pick up that game. Yeah. I think my parents would like that. They like 
simple games Mm -hmm. also. Yeah. Alright, my next Sherlock Holmes-themed game is called (laughs) Mr. Jack. Why? Because it's about Jack the Ripper. (laughs) They love pairing those two together. Because if Sherlock Holmes was real, he would have solved the Jack the Ripper case in no time. Oh, absolutely. Dang it, Sherlock. Why can't you be real? Why weren't you real? <laughs> Just crushing my dreams. <laughs> Alright, so tell anyway. me about Mr. Jack. So Mr. Jack actually has a normal size board game. And it also comes in a pocket edition. Oh. Both versions are two players only. No. Uh, the, the big box is about 30 minutes and the pocket edition is about 15 minutes to play. Both are by Hurricane and both are designed by Bruno Cathala and Ludovic Moblanc. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so basically, uh, in Mr. Jack, it is Sherlock and the gang versus Mr. Jack, or Jack the Ripper. Okay. Um, there's a bunch of good guys, there's one bad guy, but it's easy for the bad guy to get away. Ah. So, in the big version, there's, um little tokens that represent the different people so there's Sherlock, Watson um now I can't think of his name the police officer guy uh, I thought L- about it too Lestrade? quick is huh? that it? Lestrade? No, that's, that's not it is it? it's Lestrade okay there's Sherlock Sherlock, <laughs> Watson, Lestrade and then there's like various other like bystanders that you play with okay um so there's eight cards so there's eight people Mm -hmm. on each turn you draw out four of them Mm -hmm. and on every other turn uh the good guys go first on like the the odd turns the good guys go first Mm -hmm. it even turns Mr. Jack goes first. Okay. And so when the good guys go, they pick one of the cards, then Mr. Jack picks two, and then the good guys pick, like, the fourth card. And Mm -hmm. on the opposite turn, Jack picks one, good guys two, Jack picks the last one. And each person has, like, a different ability, but you can, like, move people around, and there's, Mm -hmm. like, little lampposts everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. So you kind of move people around, and at the end of the turn... If Mr. Jack is visible mm-hmm. or is is seen by somebody, mm-hmm. um, everybody who can't see Mr. Jack gets flipped over. If he's not visible by anybody, you flip over anybody who... I don't think you flip over anybody. Okay. Any, it, it's your, de- your deduction comes in because you're trying to, like, catch Jack before he can uh-huh. escape. So and there's certain conditions to where he can escape. Okay. So is it kind of like where Mr. Jack has hidden movements? He's not obviously moving around the board, but if you can sort of catch him, he'll appear on the board? Um. So this one, actually, he 
at the beginning of the game, he takes one of the cards of people. Because mm-hmm. there's cards, and then there's, like, action cards. Okay. So the cards uh, get shuffled. He takes one. That's his secret identity. And then the other cards get put aside, because one of the actions is you can look at the cards and, like, use that as a process of elimination. Uh, so okay. Mr. Jackson, not this person. Okay. Gotcha. So you're moving the different people around, and if... Basically, you're just trying to figure out if it's better to try to make everybody in the light mm-hmm. or make everybody in the dark so you can p- eliminate more people to yeah. try to figure out who okay. Mr. Jack is. I think I've got it So that's where, the, that's where the lamp posts come in. You're trying to get people in the light or uh-huh. out of the light. Okay. All right. And, and then there's like manholes and like, there's four corners to where Mr. Jack can escape. Mm-hmm. But like I said, there's certain conditions that have to fall into place before mm-hmm. he can try to escape. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're just trying to catch him mm-hmm. before he escapes or before you run out of turns. Because I think there's only like eight rounds. Okay. And as the rounds go on, uh, some of the light lamp lights or lamp posts get burnt out mm-hmm. or like go out. Okay. So that leaves more darkness. Uh-huh. So it's it's one of those cat and mouse games where yeah. you're trying to catch him. Yeah, those are always fun. Those are always kind of, you know, straightforward a little bit. And like the yeah. aspect of it, obviously not necessarily the gameplay of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's easier than what I'm making it sound. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm explaining it more complicated. So then the, the pocket edition... There's nine tiles, and there's, like, little paths on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, that's one where he, there, there's people on the tiles, and there's a Sherlock token, a Watson token, and a Toby token, which is their little, like, dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and there might be another token. It's been a while since I played it, but um, basically you're taking turns again, like who can move what token, mm-hmm. and then the the tokens move around the tiles, mm-hmm. and you can flip or rotate the tiles to try to like try to line things up, and then you're trying to once again try to is Mr. Jack visible? Yes mm-hmm. or no? That kind of stuff, and you're trying to catch him before he can escape again. Okay. So it's it's like the bigger one, but it's on a lot smaller scale, mm-hmm. and you're just flipping tiles instead of moving on a board. Yeah, so it's it's different enough that you could probably, you know, have both of them and have different sort of gameplay sort of thing. Yeah, so... The pocket edition, we had actually taken to, like, restaurants and stuff and played while we were waiting for food. Oh, okay. So, it's it's pretty small and compact, and it is pretty quick. Um, I think there is actually a, a app for the pocket edition, so you can play it, like, digitally as well on your phone. Oh. So, it, it goes pretty quick. Um, they do feel pretty different. Like, if it weren't for the fact that they had, like, the same name, I would say that they're different games mm-hmm. with similar elements okay all right so different enough that you could have both but similar enough that you wouldn't necessarily be missing out if you only got one yeah 
right. That sounds fun. I like cat and mouse kind of games, especially where it's like um, weighted towards one player, but mm -hmm. the other player has more on their side. Yep, that's, you know? a, that's really how it is, too. Like, the good guys have a lot more people, mm -hmm. but just because you have more people does not mean it's going to be easier to catch yeah. Jack. Yeah. Because he's got little tricks up his sleeve. Yeah, fun. Um, so I'm going to talk about Zendo. It's three to five players. It plays roughly about 60 minutes. Publisher is Looney Labs. Designer is Corey Heath and Andrew Looney. Hmm. So this game is... It's different. <laughs> I've, I've really enjoyed playing it. I've played as a moderator and I've played as not the moderator, just regular player. Um... So what it is, is there are a lot of different shapes and cubes in different colors. Um, there are three different shapes and three different colors. There is a wedge, a pyramid, and a rectangle. I believe are all three shapes. And then there is blue, yellow, and red colors. And you have a lot of shapes because what happens is the moderator makes a secret rule. And maybe the secret rule is that there is only one triangle in your structure. And um, so the moderator makes two structures. The moderator makes a structure that is following the secret rule. And the moderator makes a structure that is not following the secret rule. That is wrong. And so each structure, the, the one that is right will have a little white token next to it. And the one that is wrong will have a little black token next to it. And then what the players need to figure out is what exactly is the secret rule that the moderator has decided. And so what the players will do is they'll make structures... And then they can ask, is my structure correct? And if it is, they get a little um, white token. If it's not, they get a little black token. And then it goes around the table. Um, as the game continues, the moderator might add more structures um, to help the players figure out maybe what the rule is. But then what the players have to do is they have to say, I think I know what the rule is on their turn. Um, and if they get the rule right, they win the game. <laughs> so it sounds it, simple enough. It sounds simple enough until you play it. It's one of the those games where you want somebody who knows how to play being the moderator at first. Because when, okay. we, when we learned it, nobody knew how the game played. And Jason was the moderator, and he ran it pretty well, but because we had never played Zendo before, he had kind of missed some stuff. Um, so it's, it's very easy to mix up and confuse, but I've heard a lot of people like to use it in like classrooms and stuff because 
it is very straightforward on kind of what you're looking for and it gives like if you're teaching it in like a classroom it gives students um the ability to kind of be like oh there is three triangles in it but why are there three triangles in the right structure and they need to kind of figure out why those two triangles are in the structure sort of thing so it's a really good kind of teaching tool but the game itself is pretty fun it it can get a lot more complicated which is really fun yeah interesting that's zendo and zendo. Lo yeah looney labs uh they have a lot of pretty fun games they're the makers of flux so it's a little bit flux yeah so it's it's kind of in that style of a little bit wacky but it's also um kind of got a lot behind it but yeah then no fun fact i used to absolutely 100 percent hate flux <laughs> and, and you don't now or it's it's okay now. <laughs> i don't hate it i i won't refuse to play it anymore yeah i mean flux does get a lot of hate just because um, the gameplay fluctuates, hence the name. So the game can right. either end pretty quickly or drag on for a little bit. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll save that discussion for another time. <laughs> another day. Because <laughs> it's not deduction. No, Get it's not. Here. Get out of here. You don't belong here. Actually, I should shame myself for bringing it up. <laughs> Shame, Ricky. Shame. Shame. <laughs> Ding. Ding. Shame. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> again, for the third time, my last game is Dinosaur Tea Party. Dinosaur Tea Party. It's so cute. I love it. It's three to five players, 15 to 30 minutes. Publisher is Restoration Games. Mm -hmm. Designer is Rob Davio, J.R. Honeycutt, and Justin G. Justin D. Jacobson. So, Dinosaur Tea Party is exactly what it sounds. It is a bunch of dinosaurs having a tea party. <laughs> but... The thing about dinosaurs is that they have tiny little brains, and so they can't remember who anybody is. They're so, so forgetful. It's up, so it's up for you to decide or figure out or deduce who everybody else is. So uh, it's one of those where you get a secret identity that you're not mm -hmm. supposed to show to anybody else, mm -hmm. and then you lay out the dinosaurs... And all the different dinosaurs have different characteristics about them. So it's kind of like a guess who game. Mm -hmm. Where you ask questions, and if you're right, you can ask again. If you're wrong, your turn's over. So, uh, so some of the dinosaurs have, like, spikes. Some of them have stripes. Some of them are wearing hats. Some of them are eating cake. Some of them are having tea. Some of them have pets, some of them don't. 
So those are the kind of questions you could ask. Does your dinosaur have a hat? Yes or no? And then um, if somebody asks a question and you say yes, there's little tokens that you can have and you put them in front of you to show that your dinosaur does have that um, mm -hmm. attribute. Yep. And once you go a few rounds, if you end up guessing somebody, you get a little sugar cube sugar to go with cube. your tea. And I think after you get three of them, you win the game. Yeah, that sounds right. But the fun part of it is, is a lot of times when I teach people how to play this game, I'm like, well, you can add a little bit of flavor to it by, you know, acting, you know, all fancy. You don't <laughs> oh, have crap to. Up. But it ends up being every single time, next thing you know, everybody's like, good sir, I see you like to have cake with your tea. And the person's like, oh yes, I absolutely love tea. So they'll put the little tea token in front of them. <laughs> and just everybody's talking all, yes, yes, I love tea. It's, and it's just a good time. It really is. And it, the art is just adorable <laughs> I, mean, I, I love, love it <laughs> well the like little dinosaurs wearing like little bowlers and like flowers and oh my I gosh think one of my favorite great. ones is the t-rex because he's all like hunched over yeah. and, like having this little cup of tea yeah he doesn't quite fit in the card yeah <laughs> it's just it's a fun spin on the classic guess who game mm -hmm. so and um, the rule book actually comes with uh, two recipes for if you want to do it like a proper tea party. It has like a recipe mm -hmm. for, I think, a cucumber sandwich and I think shortbread cookies, I want to say. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's make some cucumber sandwiches and yeah. cookies and we're going to play this game with actual tea. Yes, have a proper tea party. Um, property party with your dinosaurs, please. Uh, it's such a cute game. And uh, the publishers, the Restoration, is it Restoration Labs or something like that? Restoration Games. Just Restoration Games. They The Dinosaur Tea Party is actually a, an older game that I don't think had dinosaurs involved at all. And they were like, hey, we're going to take this game. We're gonna make it dinosaurs. <laughs> We're gonna make it the best game ever. Yeah, and I think they redid Fireball Island too. I want to say. Hmm. So if you had that game from I think like the eighties or nineties, they came out with a revamped version of it that is also really gorgeous. Um, I played that one a few times. Not that it has anything to do with um deduction games, but you know restoration games they make awesome games from a shame little while ago shame on you for talking about <laughs> games that aren't deduction shame shame <laughs> uh and so the last game that i have to talk about uh is obscurio obscurio <laughs> that is two to eight players it runs about 40 minutes. Uh, the publisher might be familiar. It's uh, Libellid. Libellid? 
The, the, is that Le, what we said it was? Labellid. Um, so they also did Mysterium, which is interesting. Um, and the designer is, I'm gonna butcher this, uh, La, uh, Latier? Latelier. It's L apostrophe A T E L I E R. If you don't come here for us to pronounce names right, folks, we're here for the games. <laughs> Remember that. But, um, Obscurio is kind of similar to Mysterium in that one player is, instead of being a ghost, they're the Grimoire, which I like to call the book because I'm terrible at pronouncing things. Oh. Grimoire. <laughs> Grimoire. See, that's why I said I just call it a book. Um, <laughs> and this is uh, normally a traitor game. Um, that one of the wizards is a traitor. So kind of the story dun, behind dun, this dun. game is that a group of young wizards went into this uh, bad guy's house to steal his book. Because he's a bad guy, you know. They don't want him to have his magic book anymore. Just um, because he's a bad guy. does <laughs> not make him a bad guy. <laughs> But um, it turns out one of the wizards in the group is a traitor. It is actually with the bad guy, so to speak. Um, but the book is actually trying to help you get out of the house because what happens is that, yeah, you found the book, but now you have to get out of this maze of a house where the doors are always changing. Mm -hmm. um, so the book is trying to help uh, everybody get out. And so the what the book will do is the book will get two circular discs of a picture and then point to certain things in the picture and then around the board itself there will be six doors and on those six doors will be another circular picture and so what the book is trying to do the book is trying to point out specific things in their pictures that relates to the door that the players need to go through to get to the next room. Mm. And what the trader can do is the trader can try to put doors into the mix that might confuse the other players and pick that door from the clues instead of the actual door. Um... So then the, you know, the clues go out, then the book puts the doors out, and then the players will have their eyes closed, and the players open their eyes, and then have a time limit on how quick they can go to the right door. Hmm. For every player that picks a wrong door, they get a cohesion token. And when a certain number of cohesion tokens are picked then the players have to try to figure out who the traitor is. And there is a traitor in every game. So there, if there are five wizards, one of those five wizards will be a traitor. So you'll have four regular wizard cards, one traitor card, they'll all get mixed together and go out. Um, which the traitor is kind of fun because the traitor can definitely confuse players. They might the, the trader is pretty rare to get every player to pick the door unless they're really good at convincing everybody. 
Um, hmm. But if at least one person gets the right door, you move on to the next room. So that's kind of nice. So, but So is it one where you, like, discuss, like, which door to go to? Yes. Okay. So, like, everybody can pick a different door, but then the cohesion token pile starts to go down. Um, yeah. When it hits a certain limit, then the players have to figure out who the traitor is. Um, when the traitor is revealed, what have, what, the game what isn't. If they guess wrong, if they guess wrong, um, I think the traitor is still hidden. They still don't know who the traitor is, but the game continues on. If they do find out who the traitor is, the game also continues on, but they might not listen to the traitor anymore because they know that they're the traitor. Um, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's pretty much the, it's kind of a similar game style where it is mostly cooperative as Mysterium, but in Obscurio, there is a traitor aspect. Um, there's also traps that can happen that can kind of hinder, um, how the clues are presented or how many clues the traitor can kind of disrupt. Um, but yeah, that's Obscurio. You're trying to figure out the clues and then trying to figure out the right door to go through. Um, that's what I really enjoy. I kind of like Obscurio a little bit more than Mysterium. <gasps> uh, I know. Blasphemy. <laughs> I mean, I really I really like Mysterium, but I just, I, I like the theme a little bit more of Obscurio. Mm. I like how it kind of runs a little bit more than Mysterium. Um, yeah. But I still like both of them. But I would say if you have one, maybe not get the other one. But if you're not sure which one to get, it's kind of more of a thematic thing, I think, at that point. Do you want wizards with a traitor or do you want a, you know, seance that's purely more co-op sort of thing? Um, so they do kind of run a little bit differently but personally i think they are really similar you know you or you could I'm just saying? get both anyway <laughs> you could get both anyways <laughs> nothing wrong with that um but yeah that's obscurio i thought it was kind of interesting that the publisher came out with a similar game to another game that they already had out uh i feel like they do that sometimes sometimes like, yeah if there's like a thing that kind of works out for them take it and tweak it mm -hmm. and resell it yeah that is true and the the art for obscurio is just as gorgeous as the art for mysterium and it is completely different art the downside is that the cards are circular they are circular for a reason so you mm -hmm. can't necessarily you know, swap around the cards for Mysterium and Dixit. Like, you can, you know, with mm -hmm. Obscurio. They have their own cards sort like, of thing. You could probably use the Obscurio cards for the other games. Yeah. But maybe you can't use the it, cards from the other yeah. games for this one because of the shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, cards are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So same sort of mm -hmm. same sort of style. Neat. <laughs> Deduction that's another, games. That's another game I want to get now, or at least play it. Yeah, 
It's, I, I really, I enjoyed playing a demo of it, and that's what made me definitely want to pick it up for sure. Because mm-hmm. I just, I like the theme, I like the style, I liked pretty much everything about it. So it definitely hit, you know, a lot of my boxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Demoing games is fun but it's also dangerous because if you mm-hmm. can sell it to me in like this short demo that mm-hmm. like is a fun interesting game i'm mm-hmm. most likely gonna buy it <laughs> yeah yeah and i like i like demos because a lot of the times i look at a game in a box and i'm like i don't really know how this runs i don't really know like the box isn't really selling it to me i need to know mm-hmm. how the game is actually how the game is actually working yeah and um yeah so i'm but once i i kind of you know get to play it get to see it in action so to speak i'm definitely more liable to buy it yeah. <laughs> um but there's a ton of deduction games out there there's a lot more that we didn't even hit on because there are just so gosh darn many of them all of them um are all games are deduction games just kidding <laughs> but you should games. get all deduction games all deduction games oh i did kind of want to just a little little niblet talk about is uh decrypto because um it was one of the top games and i did um i like decrypto a lot because it's in the name decrypto you're decrypting you're you're breaking a code so you have you have teams that you're on and you're trying to break the other team's code as they're giving it out but you're also giving clues to your own team Mm -hmm. but you want to make them obscure enough that it might make it harder for the other team to try to figure out what your words are yeah um but if you like that's what decrypto is. I just because I, you know, the name of it is fun. I always mm-hmm. like it. Uh, but we should probably do another episode on deduction games in the future because there are just so many. Mm. So many. Good I mean, ones. we get, we can list some honorable mentions for now. <laughs> yeah, for now, yeah. Um, Costume Party Assassins is a good deduction yes. game see we need another episode just so we can talk about costume party assassins <laughs> i know just one totally around costume party assassins that's all we'll talk about the whole episode <laughs> just kidding it's not actually you'd probably we could probably talk about it for like 10 minutes because yeah it's pretty simple yeah <laughs> um another deduction game that everybody should play it's a love letter mm because there's a million of them there's so many if you don't like the theme of delivering a love letter to a princess you can do an archery theme you could do adventure time theme you can do batman batman santa claus santa claus cthulhu so many different themes on love letter oh munchkin loot letter also (laughs) Because everybody loves Munchkin. Everybody loves Munchkin. I'm secretly shaking my head now. 
Um, another deduction game, Nuns on the Run, which fits in several categories. I'll talk about it definitely for sure another episode, because Nuns on the Run, it's got a fun name, it's a fun game. Uh, another game is Letters from Whitechapel, which is another Jack the Ripper type game. So, so many of those lot, are... Lots of Sherlock games. Yeah, lots of Sherlock games are deduction games. Well, I don't think that one's necessarily Sherlock. It's Scotland Yard. Oh, eh. But, eh, yeah. it's basically. Yeah. Basically <laughs> Sherlock. <laughs> basically Sherlock. Um, I want to make sure you guys can follow us. We are on Facebook. Uh, you'll need to look up Uncontrollably Fine on facebook and then we are also on twitter hit us up on twitter at uncontrol fine that's u-n-c-t-r-l-f-i-n-e a little shortened version of it um so we want to hear what you guys want us to talk about you want to talk if you want us to talk about a specific game or style or theme hit us up because we want to know or just tell us how bad we're doing at our podcast. <laughs> or how good. You know, whichever. I would prefer to hear the good, but... <laughs> hey, constructive criticism. <laughs> just constructive, please. <laughs> yes, as long as it's constructive. <laughs> we know haters gonna hate, but you keep those words to yourself. Keep them to yourself. We're going to try to end it um, with what we learned today. What did you learn today, Ashley? What I learned today is that uh, incognito is kind of hard to say. <laughs> I learned that we're really bad at pronouncing names. <laughs> you just now learned that? <laughs> Uh, it's becoming more and more obvious the more we do. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to another episode of Ricky and Ashley's Rolling Entertainment, a.k.a. Rare. We'll catch you next time. Next time. Bye. Bye. -bye.